0: Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. So uh, all our faith life folks and the partners that sewed into the, the bus, you've had how many altar calls, Danny? How many altar calls? Hundred and one altar calls since then we got a part in all those altar calls <laughs> hallelujah let me ask you danny did did this new bus encourage you and your team uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> he said absolutely you know the bible said there was a time in, in in the old testament where the people had stopped tithing and stopped giving and the uh Uh, The Levites and the priests didn't have any income, and so uh, they they had left and weren't doing the things. And so they got back to God and started tithing again, started giving, and, and the commandment came to give the Levites their portion that they might be encouraged in the law. It encourages you. Is that right? When you get a new piece of gear, you get a new piece of equipment, you get a new building, you get some new stuff to get more outreach, new plane, train, ship, or automobile, it, it encourages you, doesn't it? And if whatever you sow is what's coming back to you. You help encourage somebody else, next thing you know, encouragement's coming to you. Can you say praise God? Praise God. And what do you want to do now?
1: <laughs> a lot of
0: places, service is over by now. I mean, it's... A... But this is a special meeting. We already talked about you don't mind taking your time. So go to Matthew, please, the third chapter. Matthew 3. you believing with me, right? For utterance and anointing. There's so much going on in everybody's life. There's no way, uh, you know, ministers could possibly know everything that's going on and going to happen and what's needed. And it has to be by the Holy Spirit or it won't be right and effective. But he is so faithful. Have you found that out, minister? He's so faithful to give you what you need. That, that right word in due season. That could only come from him. In Matthew the third chapter. When Jesus was baptized. And he came up out of the water. And the spirit of God came on him. Verse 17. Last verse. He said a voice from heaven came. God spoke. Right out of the sky. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The father is saying it not just for the master's sake, but for everybody that's around. And we're still talking about it all these centuries later. That he said, this is my beloved son. And I am well pleased. Pleased with him, in him. This is before any ministry. Before any healings, any deliverances, any miracles, any preaching, any teaching. Before. We have to watch about being performance-oriented, thinking that when we accomplish something, when, when it's done, God would be pleased with us. Hmm? When we see the results, when we see the effect, then God's pleased. But wouldn't that be him walking by sight? and you know he he don't walk by sight he wouldn't tell you to do something he doesn't do what what's he seeing about the master that pleases him so much what is it like we're saying this was before the ministry This is before he's gone to the cross. This is before all that. It has to be about Jesus' heart. Right? His nature. His being. It has to be about that that he's talking about. Because this is before the ministry. Skip over to the um, the 17th chapter. And you see on the Mount of Transfiguration Verse five, While he yet spake, behold a bright cloud overshadowed them, seventeen five of Matthew. A voice came out of the cloud and said, What? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well. Pleased. Hear Him. Listen to Him. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. With what we've learned from the Word, what does it take to please God? One thing we know for sure, Hebrews eleven six. without faith... There's no way He's going to be pleased. Scripture says it is impossible to please Him. So if you're going to please God, faith is mandatory. It's not optional. And that would apply to any prayer you'd pray, any giving, any work you would do. You can pray for a long time and quote a lot of scriptures, but if there's no faith in it, it's not a prayer that pleases God. You could give huge amounts of money, right? All your goods. Even sacrifice your body. And if there's no love and no faith, you've done nothing. It means nothing. The Lord always looks at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so when he says, this is my beloved son, I am well pleased, he is looking at the inside of Jesus. That's how he could say that before there was any ministry. And regardless of where you or I may be in our faith journey whatever we might be endeavoring to believe for or stand for, if it looks nothing like uh, what we're trying to believe for, if we're really in faith, God is pleased with us right now Amen. before we see any change. Because right. it's the faith that pleases Him. Amen. Not just the results.
1: That's right.
0: That's right. It's the faith.
1: Yeah, it's,
0: good. it's the faith that pleases Him. Now, we know some of that in our word and faith circles, but the Lord's ministering to me this week about a a side of this I don't think we've spent enough time on. And how big a component it is in being a faith person. You don't hear that much about it. And it's the first Revelation the Lord ever gave me when I was a preteen boy. First revelation I ever got, and uh, anytime the Lord says something to you, it's going to grow in you the rest of your life. It's just you're going to get more light. It's going to get bigger. You're going to see it better, greater. Go to the twelfth chapter of Matthew, and we we'll begin to specify what we're talking about. Twelfth chapter anybody in here love Jesus ah yes. uh, you love love the word yes. he is the Word yes. love his holy Spirit you yes. uh, two people yes. you, you love uh, you love his church you love his people yes. you, you love his things because yes. like we said the big thing is the heart that's what God's looking at not just our external, performance um, I let's see I, I said the wrong thing on that go to 21 Matthew 21 right now no <laughs> I'm sorry I moved too fast 12 and then 21 can you do that 12 and then 21. We see a third time right here in these verses where uh, the same thing is said about the master. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And in uh, chapter 12, verse uh, 14, the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Hmm? You know, in a crowd of multitudes, and this is this would be thousands. There wasn't even one or two that didn't qualify. It wasn't worthy. <laughs> Somebody say, he healed them all. All of them. Uh, He charged them that they should not make him known. Jesus was not seeking glory and fame. He was not. And it goes on to say that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now you got you got to put this together. He uh, charged them. That's not just a, a polite request. He's telling them, "Don't make me known. Don't publish this." And this is not some kind of reverse psychology. When the Lord tells you something, He means what He says. And this was uh, this was. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, which said, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. God has a soul. The Father has a soul. That's why you have one. Because you're made in his image. He has a soul. And he has what we might call emotions or feelings. Hmm? He gets mad. He can be grieved. Is that right? All those things. That's why we have them. We get them from him. But they must be controlled. Or they should be at least. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him. And he will show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive. Nor cry. Neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. This goes back. See, this is saying the scripture was fulfilled. The prophecy Isaiah prophesied. What going back to him telling them. Don't publish me. Don't try to. Tell everybody, don't don't try to stir everything up on this. Because it's written. He will not strive. That word is fight and, 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 and strife and quarrel and wrestle. Or cry. That we'd say today, yell, shout, and yell, and, and be in strife. And nobody will hear his voice in the streets. Jesus was never involved in a march, or a sit-in, or a walk-out. He never led a group with a (laughs) bullhorn. Did He? Because it was written. Now, I haven't changed subjects. This was a big part of... Of what the Father was pleased about with Him. Can you see that that phrase is in the middle of this? In Him, my soul is well pleased. Why? Because He won't strive. He won't yell and scream and shout. Nobody's going to hear His voice in the streets. A bruised reed, will He not break? Smoking flax, will He not quench? Till He send forth judgment into victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. us
1: yes.
0: trust. Oh, somebody say, Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The thing that hasn't been emphasized enough, and I don't know how you could overemphasize it, is the character of Jesus. Who he is. How he is. Did you see the phrase, the rest of the prophecy that said a smoking flax, he won't quench. A bruised reed, he won't break. If it's bent and bruised, he's not going to carelessly wade through it and break it. If it's bowed out and smoldering, he's not going to, through insensitivity, trot over it and put it out. He is kind. Oh, somebody say, kind. He is gentle. He is love. And we haven't emphasized that enough. And if you're talking about faith, the Lord reminded me today, I, I had to kind of uh, slap myself a little bit. I thought, boy, you know that. <laughs> but somehow I didn't. Well, not well enough. He asked me, what is the greatest manifestation of faith? The greatest manifestation of faith. There's no need in theorizing. You gotta have scripture, huh? You know what it is? Humility and submission.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you see why I said we hadn't talked enough about this? <laughs> because did your mind immediately go there? <laughs> now, am I just talking? Or is that what the Scripture teaches? There are two places in the Scripture that talk about great faith. Is that right? In Jesus' life and ministry. Two. Out of all of them. What made the difference? With the one Syrophoenician woman. Remember he said, it's not right. Take children's bread, throw it to the dogs. Huh? A lot of people would have got offended. This was, uh, you know, the, the Samaritans and Syrophoenicians and all that. They had issues with the Jewish people and Hebrew people. It was a culture thing. It was a whole thing there. And then he's, you know, he used the word dog. And I'm telling you. Most people would have gone red, they'd have gone livid, they'd have said, preacher, who are you calling a dog? Huh? Let me tell you one thing, we sire we for nuisance just, just as good as you Jews, bless God, better than a lot of Jews I know. She could have went off. She could have given him a piece of her mind and left Without. Without. And that has happened over and over again. People thinking they're standing up for themselves, not realizing they are yielding to the flesh and being faithless. Pride is faithless. And the proud get resisted. Why? It doesn't please God. If you want to talk about what pleases God, the opposite of it displeases God. In fact, Scripture says He hates it. God hates pride. If He hates it, you should hate it. Is that right? Try it out loud. Say, I hate hate what God hates. hates. And I love love what God loves. loves. He He hates pride. I hate it too. I hate you. Now you're not talking about you hating people you think are proud. <laughs> you're talking about hating proud people. That's another thing. God so loved the world, proud and all. But first and foremost, it's about us examining ourselves. So, two examples of great faith in the Scriptures. One was a Syrophoenician woman. Instead of going off, what did she do? Truth, Lord. What's she doing? She humbled herself. Did she humble herself or not? She humbled herself. Now, you've got to realize, she is not a Jewish proselyte. She has no covenant rights. That's why Jesus told her, I'm not sent to you. Sorry, lady, but huh? Yeah. But she didn't get mad. She didn't get depressed. She she didn't run away. She didn't cry. She didn't pitch a fit. She said, "You're right, Lord. Yeah. Truth, Lord. What does that mean? Hmm. Lord calls your people dogs. What do you say? Bow wow. <laughs> Is that right? You say you say hey." <laughs> Why? Because he's right. is there, we, we Syrophoenicians, you, you're right, you're right. I mean, a lot of them live like dogs. but you, What can I say? But even the little dogs, you know, on the floor, they get the crumbs. All I need is crumb. I don't mind eating on the floor. I don't mind. Drop me a crumb. I'll go for it on the floor. I'll be happy to, to lap it up. Just think of me like a little dog. It's just, just here, here. What did he say? Woman, you got some faith, girl. Great is your faith. Be it unto you. She got a miracle outside of covenant, outside of time. Be it unto you. According to your faith. Is that great faith? Jesus said this is great faith. What's one of the most outstanding qualities of it? Humility. Have we taught a lot about the humility connection to faith? What about the other one? The other one was a centurion. Remember that? His centurion servant. And he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Is that humility?
1: Yes.
0: Now see, the Romans are in charge of things around there. Jesus is a traveling preacher, a prophet. Mindset of some Roman officers would have been rolling there and demanding and, and forcing. And, no, he requested, actually sent a delegation and asked and said, "No, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But if you would just speak the command only because I understand authority. I got people over me and I got people under me. And I say to this one, do it. And he does it. And Jesus turned around and said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole nation. Many Christians don't even believe rank exists in the church. So if you don't even believe there is any greater or lesser rank in the church or body, you're certainly not submitting to what you don't even believe exists. (laughs) But what are we talking about? We're talking about faith. 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 The two greatest examples of faith. That Jesus talked about were characterized by humility and submission. Yes, That's right. That's right. Am I telling it right? Yes, huh? Yes, Say it out loud humility, humility. and submission. Humility. Now, these are words the devil hates. Yes, oh, he hates it. He hates it. He is the most rebellious being we know anything about. He defied the Almighty. He tried to override God. He convinced and then stirred up a rebellion. You heard the phrase, I'd rather rule in hell than to serve in heaven. He will never bow the knee. And he's proud of it. And people who are that way got it from him. Yes. That's right. That's right. He's influencing the whole world. The Bible said the whole world is under the spirit of disobedience. Or you could say defiance. Yes. Mm. And the worse the world gets, the stronger the rebellion and defiance will be. Which means the nature of the devil is being manifested greater and stronger. More and more and more people will say, I don't have to listen to you or anybody. Nobody can tell me what to do. And they don't submit to God or to man. And that is being faithless. That's having no faith. Because it takes faith to submit. Did I lose somebody? Huh? I don't know if I want to hear about all this submission stuff. Did you hear the part about great faith? Did you did you did that just go past you? <laughs> You want to know about this. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm? This is the key to getting answers you hadn't been able to get. Amen. Huh? Victories you hadn't been able to get. <clears throat> Y'all believe it with me this week? Amen. This is big. Amen. We can have some amazing breakthroughs this week. I mean, shut the door on some the devil's stuff and put it in your rearview mirror. On some things that have just been dogging you and bugging you for years. And things that have seemed out of reach and too high and too hard, immediately grace flow in. Hallelujah. And when the faith is greater, it just looks easier. And it is easier. God resists the proud, but what? Gives grace to the humble. It just flows like water to the person that will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and submit themselves. Hallelujah. Grace, God's grace, wonderful grace, flows copiously, abundantly to the humble heart. But you'll have to overcome your own flesh, stupid ideas, religious misconceptions, so much junk in the world that people have come up with and quote like scriptures that's actually contrary to the word. You know who you want to be like? Not a trick question. come on. Here. Do you know who you want to be just like? Jesus Jesus, you want to be just like him and it is the high calling that you've been called to You've been called to it. Deep calls to deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I'm talking about it right now, something in your heart's going, nah. yeah. hmm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be just like Him.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not only possible, it's your destiny. It's your destiny. Come on, just think about it. How many would it say, since you've been born again, since you've got a hold of some things of God, you're at least two percent more like Jesus than you used to be? Come on, that that ain't too big, right? I mean, five percent, huh? How many? How many would say at least? At least? Okay, one and a half percent. Okay. But something there was some movement, right you more like him. And that's just in how long? Ten years? Twenty years? Forty years? Fifty years? Some as well, that's a long time. No, it's not. That's nothing at all. A hundred years is nothing. Let's just say you continued becoming more like him for the next five thousand years. <laughs> Where would you be? Especially when you get out of this life and you lose all these hindrances and things that are holding you back and confusing you, you're going to zoom.
1: That's right.
0: What, you, what am I saying? I'm saying the Scripture says you have been predestined to be conformed to His image. It's already begun. And you will get there. What are we talking about? Complete Christ-likeness. You will get there. I will get there. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. We're on our way. Already.
0: Now the development will be much quicker if you want it. And if you're hungry for it, if you pursue it. You can develop a lot more in this life. Even before you leave and you'll have a head start on the other side. Go to the 11th chapter, please, of Matthew. This is the greater faith conference. What's going to get us to greater faith? Help me out. Humility. Go ahead and say the S word. (laughs) submission submission (laughs) it's not a bad word it's a bible word huh in in matthew 11 verse uh, 27 he said all things are delivered to me of my father no man knows the father but the, uh, excuse me, uh, knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. To the point where he said, If you've seen me, right. you've seen him. Because yes. you remember the disciples said, Sh- Show us the Father. We want to see the Father. He said, Boy, where you been? (laughs) Have you been so long time? Have you not been If you've seen me, you saw him. That's our same call. That's our call. It's supposed to be that if I've seen you, I've seen Jesus. Because you think like him. You talk like him. You act like him. Your heart's like him, hmm? And people should be able to see him without even going to church or hearing a message.
1: That's right.
0: Just being around us.
1: Yep. That's
0: right. But we'll have to not be conformed to the ungodly, not like God, world. But transformed by the renewing of our mind, we got to know what he's like.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: How does he think? How does he talk? It has to be something we're hungry for, something we pursue, we want to see. And you don't need a bunch of theorizing about what would Jesus do. You got a book full of what Jesus did. (laughs) I'm serious now, because that can, that can turn into a whole bunch of problems, because you're just making up and imagining what you think Jesus might do, and ignorant of the word, no, no, it's not what would Jesus do, what did Jesus do, focus on that, and in his light you will see more light, is that okay, not theories, truth. He said, verse 28, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy loaded, and I will give you rest. Traditional religion will load you like a pack animal until your stomach is dragging the ground. And then load you some more. And if you fall down it will kick you. And say get up you poor excuse for a Christian. Huh? Not Jesus. That's not him. Hmm? He will relieve you. He will unload you. Do you believe it or not? If you got a heavy load that you're carrying, that's wearing you out. You didn't get it from the Lord. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. There's all kind of things that may be good. Doesn't mean God told you to do it. You're not the only one in the body that can do something. You're one of many. With limited amount of time and resources and specific graces. You're not graced for everything. Yeah. Nor am I. And so what the, the toughest, most fatiguing, wearing things are the things the Lord did not tell you to do. Right. Even if they're good, even if they're needed. That's good. That's the maybe a great idea. Yeah. And you got to watch about this. Other people going, I just feel strong that you should. (laughs) Yeah, but your name ain't Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right? So, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. No. And sometimes as people... The Lord's dealing with them to do it. That's right. And they're too lazy to do it. That's right. And so they want you to do it and think it's going to let them off. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> I've heard that several times. I just feel real strong, Brother Keith, that you should start this and you should do this. And I haven't started a one of those things. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Jesus said, come to me all that labor working and heavy loaded and I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you so there's a yoke that's not his there's a hard yoke there's a choking yoke that you didn't get from the Lord but take my yoke. Somebody say his yoke. His yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for. Now now think about this. If Jesus was right here sitting beside you tonight, and he said, Rick, you want, you want to know more about me? Yes. <laughs> Imagine what all kind of things he might say to tell you about who and what he is. And this is what he said. I am meek. If you want to know about me. From the natural standpoint, if anybody ever had a right to think more highly of (laughs) themselves, he's never sinned. He's never missed it. He's never failed. And yet, the most outstanding characteristic, if He's going to tell you, learn about me, who I am, what I am. What is it, Lord? What's the big thing to know? I'm humble. That alone should put us on a pursuit. Is that right? To find out what is Godly humility. What is it? That was the thing I said to the first revelation the Lord ever gave me. First one I ever got. Didn't even know it was a revelation back then. I was just a boy, preteen boy at my grandmother's house, who was a godly woman, full of the Holy Spirit. And um, we'd stay over at grandma's house sometime. And. Um, it was a cold winter night, she'd pile about ten blankets on top of us. After we had had every kind of thing to eat, you could imagine. And then she would also give me a book. Give us a book on some man of God, some woman of God, some, something like that. And then that got me started wanting to know more about the Scripture and, and our purpose to read the Bible. Had never read it, you know, and heard parts preached here and there. So I started in Genesis. <laughs> and uh, I got eventually to Numbers. What you laughing about? I'm a young boy, okay? Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> I did eventually get to the rest of it, okay? But go to Numbers, Numbers chapter 12. I got to Numbers chapter 12. And I'm sitting in a chair. And when I got to this verse, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but He asked me a question. I knew it distinctly on the inside of me. Same way, He wants to communicate with everybody that will listen. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to have feelings, hot flashes, cold flashes, bumps. Pay attention to the inside of you. And something will come up from your inside to your mind. And you'll know it. And, and for every believer, God's in here. His Spirit is in here. And He'll communicate with you by that inward knowing, that inward witness. And we got to Numbers 12, and, and that was the account where that uh, Moses' brother and sister... Had real problems with his choice of a wife, and they're talking about how they heard from God theirself, and and they're just they're giving him problems. And chapter twelve, verse two, they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. Ooh. They're in trouble. But look at Moses' response. Verses 3. He didn't go into a tirade. He didn't tell them, give them his titles. And how he was God's chosen. It lets you know about his response and just about his whole life. Now the man Moses was very meek. This is not a prophet's account. This is God's account of the man. The man Moses man referring he's man just like you or I, human being. The man Moses, he wasn't a supreme being that wasn't completely human. The man Moses was what? Very meek. In fact, above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. I read that and the Spirit of God inside me to my mind said, did you notice? Moses Was the most humble man in his generation. I thought, yeah. Remember, I'm I'm just a, I'm just a boy. I don't know, was I eight, nine, something? Um, Did you notice Moses was the most humble man in his generation? I said it out loud. I said, yeah. I see that. He came again. Do you realize he was the most used man of me? In his generation? I thought no I'd never thought of that. How many would think that's beyond dispute? Moses in his generation? Most used man of God? Is there a connection? How about the most used man of God in all generations? Who would that be? Jesus, would you say he's the most humble man in his generation and in all generations? But how many are really aspiring to be humble? People don't even like the word. They don't. They see it as some kind of weakness. Don't have enough strength to stand up for yourself. Speak for yourself. People say, I ain't nobody's doormat. What are you talking about being doormats? What's going on with this? I'm telling you, the devil has breathed his rebellion and defiance in the whole population of the planet. It starts when little babies, little ones, barely learning how to talk and walk. And what do they say? No! no. <laughs> <laughs> What's... What's pushing them so much? No, no, I'm not going to, and you can't make me. No. No, we laugh, but it ain't funny. If they don't get a hold of that, it will destroy their lives. It'll prevent them from finding and fulfilling God's plan for their life. Even if God puts them in a place, they'll jump out of it. They'll mess it up. Because it requires submission to do the will of God. And submission requires faith, trust. And that's why people don't submit. Because they don't trust. they got to do it themselves. Because they can't trust it to happen without them doing it. But trust in God. Go ahead and obey. Even when it's not what I thought I wanted to do. And it will trust God. That he's got my best interest. He's going to take care of me. Even if other people don't. Even if the people I'm submitting to are mean. And don't think right. If God told me to submit to them. Here's where you lose a bunch of folks right here. (laughs) But it's not really submitting to them. If it's doing what God told you to do, it's submitting to Him. Can you see this or not? And this is something the devil absolutely cannot stand. He cannot stand it. When Jesus said, learn about me. What about you, Master? I'm humble. I'm meek. And lowly. Of heart. The enemy is everything opposite of what Jesus is. He is haughty. He is proud. He can't get out of his own way. And it's his pride that's his undoing. Because pride blinds you. He was so blinded with pride. That he was going to kill the Son of God. He was going to win. He was going to beat God. He couldn't even see what he was walking into with the crucifixion. The devil was completely caught off guard. When the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my Son. This day I have begotten him. And man, hell shook to the core. And the keys and the chains went flying. And was only then the devil and his cohorts realized, we messed up.
1: <laughs>
0: like forever messed up. <laughs> like never get it fixed messed up. But he's still, he, he's still that way. Have you noticed... In the Scripture, Revelation talks about there's going to come a time when a great big angel comes down and grabs him, ties him up with a chain, throws him in the pit, slams the door for a thousand years. Talk about cooling your heels, buddy. Thousand years. But after the thousand years, when he gets up, you know what he does immediately? 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 tries to lead a rebellion against God, which is why he can't be saved. He will never be saved. He will never change. And why God hates that. That, that pride, that defiance, that rebellion. I, once in a while I have sensed it. God is, is kind of, well, why do I say it? He's tired of it. We don't know what has happened before there was even an earth or before there was even a human being. But the record indicates that over and over again his creation rebelled against him. For no justifiable reason except haughtiness, pride, thinking too highly of their self, wanting to take over. And he will never forget those who willingly bow the knee and submit to the lordship of Jesus. Nobody making them. Nobody forcing them. Those that do that truly from their heart, we are his treasure forever. We are the redeemed. And we lived through the curse. We've been in the midst of darkness and death for a lifetime. Nobody will ever convince us to rebel against God. In the ages to come, we've seen it. We know what it is. We know how awful it is. We're his forever. He's going to put his name in us. (laughs) special robes everybody that see all the beings that'll ever come after when they see us they'll know who we are are we're the redeemed we are the sons of God not servants sons no we serve him but we are sons That's that's who we are And these sons, the true ones, are like the master. They are not arrogant. They are not loud and pushy. They are not demanding. They don't try to force people. Are y'all listening? Mm -mm. Jesus never did. And he doesn't to this day. And he won't. Nobody that ever followed him did he force to follow him. He called them. They responded. They didn't have to. We must desire to see his true nature. And by beholding that, we become that. We become What we behold. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 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 (laughs) Go back to Matthew 11. I'm seeing if we can close. What do you think? You had enough for one night? No, no. I did when I saw that even as a boy. I thought, well, I want to learn more about that. But I was so young and didn't know. But by the time I got to Bible school, Phyllis and I, Raymond was 20 years old. Somebody handed me a book by Andrew Murray entitled Humility. And man, when I read it, it took me right back to my childhood when God spoke to me about that. And I began an earnest pursuit. I said, Lord, show me. I want to see. And as I began to learn more about it, it seemed like every month or so and throughout year after year, he was showing me things. This is humility. This is not. This is pride. And that's the part that's not fun because i had so much pride and he showed me that what i thought was being a man oh y'all are quiet <laughs> my great granddad was shot and killed when he was 21 years old cuz he wouldn't back down my uh, granddad on my mother's side shot and killed when he was 21 Because he wouldn't back down. My granddad on my dad's side, almost shot and killed, just the mercy of God. He he backed three guys down. He had a pocket knife, and they had pistols. Just the mercy of God. (laughs) Right? And so, you know, that was ingrained in me that if you're a man, you don't take stuff. And you don't back down. And you think about the consequences later. (laughs) If there is a
1: later.
0: (laughs) Now, you're laughing, but, you know, and it was, uh, you know, you don't talk to my wife that way. You don't talk to my boy or my girl. Notice the emphasis, my. My. See, people act like it's about you, 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 your family. uh uh-uh. It's your wife, your child. And there's a vast difference between self-defense and vengeance. Because the Lord said what? Vengeance is not yours. Payback. God said, that's mine. And that that includes Facebook retaliation. Yeah. Well they they posted that about me. I'm gonna post some stuff that is not humble, that is haughty, and that is faithless. That's, that's, you, you you might as well say, well, God's not going to take care of this, so I'm going to have to do something. I can't trust God to take care of this. I'll take care of it myself right now. (laughs) Or God, just wait, I got it.
1: (laughs) I got this. I'll
0: fix it. Verse twenty eight, what did Jesus say? What did he say? Come on, come on to Not to a denomination.
1: Right. Come yes, sir. Oh, oh come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Right. Huh? Yes. Come to me. me. Well, who are you even coming to? What are you coming to? What's he like? You know when uh, the two disciples, when Jesus was going to a place and said they acted like they weren't going to receive him. And he said, Lord, you want us to call some fire down? (laughs) You know, like Elijah did. They said, we got scripture. You got scripture. (laughs) Call the fire down. Smoke this place. (laughs) I bet you the next time we go to, they show some respect. (laughs) Now you're laughing, but. They were nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. I think if they had lived today, the they had have been riding Harleys. Shotgun on the side, chain on the side, Sons of Thunder. But they needed serious mind renewal, just like I did. There was a point when I, like I said, when we first went to school and the Lord started t- showing me about humility and the further I went into it, he helped me to see. He said, you and the men in your family, full of pride. And I'd already read, he hated pride. So I said, Lord, show me what it is. Because obviously I don't know. And every so often, something would come up, I'd say or do something, and the Lord would put his finger on it, and I'd realize, ah, that's pride. What's wrong with it? Devilish. Pride is the nature of the devil. Do I want to act like the devil? And then what is humility? Don't assume you know. Do you want to know? What did Jesus say? Come to me. What else? Learn about me. Learn what, Lord? You don't have to guess. He said, I am meek. Do you want to be like Jesus? Yes. Did you want to be meek? Amen. There's no way around it. And you shouldn't seek another way. It's right. it's good. it's beautiful, it's what it is. It's actually beautiful to God. He, he, he finds great pleasure in it. That alone's reason. For you and I to pursue it full out. Come learn of me. I am meek. And lowly of heart. Whether you understand it or not. In faith. Ask for it here. I'm going to lead you in a minute. You'll find rest. Somebody say rest. Rest. To your souls. Because putting on a front. Is fatiguing beyond description. Maintaining a facade, a front. You ever heard people say, Man, I'll be so glad when I can get back home and just let down my hair and be myself? <laughs> Who you've been being
1: <laughs> through the whole trip. <laughs> right
0: <laughs> well I don't know if they see you know really myself if they'll like me what well, change I'm serious become more like the master if they don't like the master then that's their problem <laughs> stand on your feet everybody that's Let's pray about this. This is a very serious prayer.